Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. What is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. A not very charismatic American golfer leads the Masters by three shots going into the final round. And after an early wobble on Sunday, he eases away again to win by three, even affording himself a four putt on the final green. On paper, that sounds like a pretty dull final round of the Masters. But we're not going to remember yesterday for anything poor Scotty Scheffler did. Instead, it was all about the magic of Rory McIlroy. Welcome to the show. Hey, Murph. Hey, Owen. How's it going? Hi, Kenny. Oh, and how are you? 64 was, shots. What were we yeah, going to say? Yeah, there, there was quite a bit going on this weekend for, as you say, an on paper pretty dull Masters. I think, you know, it's better than the XG, you know? Expected yeah, yeah, excitement, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, not great. But ac- in actual fact, if you go just by the, 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 the proof of your eyes and your ears... As long as your eyes and your ears were open this weekend, there was plenty to get excited about, regardless of expected excitement. 64 shots is all it took McElroy to get around Augusta yesterday. Just one off the course record, and the best of those 64 was the last of them, 18th hole. McElroy goes from tee to bunker, from there to another bunker, greenside one, and from there to, well, over to Nick Faldo and Jim Nance on CBS. Bunker to bunker, this is impossible. Anything's possible. To to play as well as I did today and then to to finish like this. I mean it's just absolutely incredible and um you know this tournament never ceases to amuse. Um but yeah that's uh that's as happy as I've ever been on a golf course right there. I, as happy know, as I've ever been on a golf course, says Roy. By the way, that is how to celebrate a chip in. Unlike Scotty <laughs> Bloody Scheffler, who shipped one in earlier and just sort of t- barely acknowledged it 
slightly different scenario for McIlroy. Mm. It, it was the end of his round, and he was pumped after eagling and birding and ripping up the course. But uh, it was I liked it. He just sort of flung the putter to the ground and jumped around like a lunatic and raised up all the kind of stuff you want to see after some of that. Uh, yeah, and what made it rather more hilarious was that Colin Morikara did chipped in from the same bunker like two minutes later, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Uh, yeah. You'd have to say. Uh, but yeah, Rory, I mean, there are some uncharitable people out there, Owen. Do you want to hear about what the uncharitable people are saying? I want to hear... Well, I just want to reflect on the commentary of Faldo and Nance first. Mm. Okay. Do you like that minimalist style? See... Very minimalist. They, very They let minimalist. the pictures do the talking, which isn't necessarily ideal for an audio podcast that you're <laughs> working on on Monday morning. But I do I do like the the anything's possible line by itself is one of those ones that works and will work well on montages and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, but it, it didn't sound, it, it, they didn't get too worked up over it either, mm. even though it was... I would have liked just a f- one more follow-up comment from Jim Nance there. If, <sighs> you know, I mean, Jim Nance has been in the game a long time, even longer, on some would say, than me. <laughs> but I would, I would still, for me, for me, for me. I would have liked one Nance's more Nance has got there. this one wrong for me. Yeah, for uh, me. You, you yep. should tell US Murph that is... I respect him, of course. A, a big man. No, his, big um, friend of Nance. Not for me. Yeah, I respect his, his that, work, his body that one of work. I know Ken didn't get to see much of this, as you said earlier, Ken, because there was, there was a lot of football going on, but that one got McElroy within three of the lead. So he finished at that stage. It was still three behind Sheffield, which realistically, you know, you're, you're, you're almost never going to win unless it's an absolute dog of a golf course where everyone's bogeying the whole time. But Sheffield did at least miss a short birdie put around that same time. And you're thinking, oh, maybe just a bogey the next hole and, uh, you know, then a couple more drop shots and suddenly McElroy's in a playoff. But Sheffield then birdied 14, I think, and then another one in 15. So he finished that off. And it wasn't to be for Rory McElroy. What are the uncharitable people saying, Kieran? Well, the uncharitable people, uh, Owen, are saying that at the exact moment that it became absolutely impossible for Rory McElroy to win the Masters this year, he started playing like an absolute genius. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, we have seen Rory, you know, go in through the back door to... I mean, if you looked at Rory McIlroy's uh, majors record, you would see a lot of top fives, a lot of top tens. All I'm saying is there have been quite a few of those where on Saturday evening there was absolutely no chance of him winning the tournament. And then it's at that juncture that he starts playing uh, utterly brilliantly when there's no pressure on whatsoever and he kind of reverses into a top ten. And listen, for your bank balance... That's a pretty good <laughs> skill to have. It's, in fact, a very, very useful skill to have indeed. But, I mean, it was just a little frustrating to see how he just couldn't get it together um, on on Thursday or Friday. Yeah, just, just, just a couple of things really. on that. that there's, he has also been criticised over the years for throwing the towel in when things are going against him and not digging in and stuff like that. Mm. So, you, you can't have it both ways. He does dig in well, and he nearly pulls they, off a bloody win. Uh, see, on the thing is, yeah. they do kind of go hand in hand. It's because he the, the, the idea is that when he has a terrible nine holes, which he didn't really do this time around, but he ha- it has happened to him multiple times at the Masters where for nine holes, oftentimes it's on Thursday. He just uh, loses his mind and that's the end of his tournament. And it's at that stage then that the birdies are coming and, you know, he ends up with a fairly decent uh, final position without ever looking like winning the tournament at all. So, I mean, he plays with the freedom that we saw yesterday <clears throat> because of the the mental lapses and the mental collapses that we've seen over the course of not. Now, that's not quite how it happened this time around. He just didn't really have the game 
at any stage until Sunday to make him look like a likely winner of the tournament. Um, what is more exciting, Murph? R- Rory McIlroy playing good, solid golf, getting himself into a three-shot lead ahead of the final round, plodding around in a nice, comfortable 72 and winning by a couple of strokes, or Rory McIlroy coming into the final round with no chance and then playing a round of golf that saved that final round of the Masters from mediocrity and gave us all something to talk about. He's amazing to watch when he's in that zone. Okay, he doesn't now have a fifth major, but he does. it is a day I'll probably remember a lot more than a lot of other rounds of golf that I've seen from players who win Masters and Majors. Well, yes, just because he's Irish. I mean, Shane Lowry winning at Royal Port Rush was one of the most exciting and brilliant sporting events I've ever watched. It was a complete procession for the entire day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was in charge. No, from but, like, I know, but McElroy was McElroy yesterday even was a lot more exciting than Scotty Scheffler. I don't think anyone's going to. I don't think even your keenest American golf fan would argue that point. Yeah, well. He was exciting, yes, in that uh, he was... Uh, a 64! 64 is a great score, on. But the fact of the matter is, Scheffler did it when he had to do it. And the way, way exciting is, you know, that's... Choose your poison. I mean, I like. I don't know the the exact definition of exci- of excitement. I mean, the like making Sheffler, me feel, making well, me yes. feel excited while sitting there on my arse on a couch on a Sunday night. Well, of course, <laughs> Sheffield ruined our Sunday evenings. Of yeah, course, yeah, he did. I mean, he yeah. was a disgrace. What he did, he like yeah, he had no yeah. idea of of the of the overarching narrative that people wanted. Uh, he didn't give the people what they wanted, which was like a bogey or two. Uh, but I mean, I kind of feel like that might be a little churlish to hold it against him, <laughs> mm. given that he's winning his first major title, his first Masters. Um, he played utterly brilliantly up until the last green, uh, when the enormity of what he was about to do hit him and he four-putted from 20 feet or whatever. Um, so, I mean, you know, like, sure, fine, exciting. That's great. I mean, Jordan Speed hitting, Jordan Speed hitting it in the water four times in a row. That was exciting. That was really, really <laughs> exciting. But I wouldn't put it in the category of all-time great sportsmen. Uh, yeah, well, uh, exciting and brilliant is what sporting McElroy is. Roy McIlroy is the, is the real winner of the competition. We're short, we're, I'm taking Scotty off, so McIlroy wins, which means in mm. second place is Shane Lowry. Uh, another shot back there. So an Irish one too at the Masters. This should be talked about more <laughs> today. So Larry hit an early triple. Bo- he he ended up with a sixty nine despite an early triple bogey. Well, maybe maybe because of an early triple bogey, whatever mm. way you want to frame that one. But he fought back pretty well. Yeah, he did. And you know, like a, a triple bogey six on a par three. I mean, you know, there are holes at Augusta where you know it's almost uh, derogatory to mess up on. You know, like you saw Cameron Smith at the twelfth. Um, we've seen that story play out a couple of times. But, I mean, it's just, you know, the, the par 3 sixth is not a hole that... It's a testing hole, but it's not a hole that makes or breaks many uh, Masters tournaments. So it's just unbelievably annoying to go and hit out of bounds, you know, from a par 3. Hitting a provisional on a par 3 is the sort of thing I end up doing on, not professional mm-hmm. golfers. And that's hugely frustrating, obviously, for... Uh, for Shane, but I mean, it could have, it could easily have gone completely pear shaped at that stage. The fact that he he uh, got those three shots back and ended up uh, in a tie for third at four under—that's it's pretty good golf, you know. It's it's an exceptional performance, really, in a lot of ways. But it, it's kind of one of those masters, actually, where you know, I don't think Shane's going to be that, ob- or I don't think he should be that upset about what happened at the six. The fact of the matter was, whatever challenge came through, Sheffer was playing well enough to see them off, you know? Yeah. So Cameron Smith might look back on the 12th and say, okay, that was a, that was a time I was, I'd birdied the 11th. Uh, I'd started to put the pressure on and I messed up. I mean, there's no guarantee that Scheffler is going to do anything other than just grind out the win anyway. So, 
you know, Smith went for went for Brooke on the twelfth, hits it in the water, you know, game over. Um but I just kind of felt like Sheffer was the best golfer there all week. He had played brilliant stuff all week. And I just think it was his tour. He, he, he was going to win the tournament one way or the other, the way he was playing. So I don't think you can be cutting yourself up too much about the mistakes no. that you, that, that Larry you made also, on, the, on the Sunday. Yeah, well, there were mistakes on the Saturday that, that cost him really anyway. He was he was pretty much out of contention. Because he was well in contention, on, or certainly someone in contention on Saturday. He was second by himself for mm. a good period. But played this poor wedge shot at the 13th green and took it out on poor Bo Martin, his caddy. Don't be distracted here by Sky's extremely fast apology. Sky get, get, gets their apology in for the bad language here while the tirade is still going on, which is a new record in the Sky comedy box. But focus on the interaction between player and caddy if you if your ears can attune to that. That was not the shot he was trying to play, I guarantee you. Apologies for the language. So what that was there was, what a fucking shit layup that was, Lowry says. Well done. Well done, Bo. Only 30 yards out. Well done. Oh, Sky apologising for the language. Sky should have been apologising to caddies around the world for any flashbacks they may have been suffering while watching that footage. It's poor Ken, isn't it? It's poor Ken. Why was uh, Larry blaming the caddy? Did the caddy take the shot? <laughs> so so the, the thing here is, Ken, that uh, he was going to... So he was laying up short of the water on that hole, right? So what happens there is the caddy gives you a club and he says, okay, if you hit it 150 yards, then it's going to leave you 100 yards to the to the pin. And so it, it might seem a little counterintuitive, but basically golfers want a full... They want a full shot uh, into the green. So you might think being 50 yards from the pin is be- is twice as good as being 100 yards from the pin or whatever. But that's not actually how golfers look at it. A shot, uh-huh. uh, you know, like a half-hit shot is harder to commit to than, you know, a, a full yardage. So what Bo had done was he said, okay, so if you hit a five iron down there, you land it there, that'll leave you a full shot into the green. And yeah. uh, basically... He, gave, he obviously gave Lowry the gave him the wrong yardage for his second shot. Which Only thirty that, yards out, Murph. Well, yeah, so, so when Lowry got down there, he was thirty yards closer to the hole than he expected to be. So that was uh, what's, Larry, what's Larry's excuse for the three putt that followed? Yeah, yeah exactly. I, think I mean, might you be know, a bit of an issue there. Yeah, I mean, I think if you go, if you stand over the the much longer than you than anticipated birdie put, hold it, then you can you know give the old caddy daggers. But when you three put, then I was under the uh, I was under the impression that golfers were doing their own brain work. No, 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 no. It's very much a team sport. It's a symbiotic. I mean, it's just li- line them up and li- line line them up, and they hit they hit the ball, and it's actually the caddy who's sort of almost driving them around. Yeah, yeah. You basically them. you have to trundle the golfer into position. And then like yeah. plant their feet and then say, right, me- engage Mega Drive there and then just go for it. Not, not too Mega, though. Yeah, uh, well, listen, it, it, is, it is a team effort. Sky was interviewing the winning caddy last night, which I'd never seen before. Potter Harrington was out there. Seamus Power, Murph, I think Power got him. Yeah, I mean, by the way, the Masters app on. I mean, I know I'm a late convert, but bloody hell, the Masters app is mm. something else. It, it's, I, I think it's like five years after I should have copped on. Well, forget but, about five years. It's five days afterwards. Will you tell people this time next year, minus five days? Because like, really yes. telling people now about this amazing Masters app is a little bit after well, the Lord no. Mayor's Ball. But I mean, it's like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like telling people you you know get an email address. That's how out of date this, this <laughs> particular piece of advice is. Um, but it is particularly useful when you've got four Irishmen in the, in the tournament. 
Uh, McElroy will obviously feature heavily on any TV coverage of any God uh, Godfrey he's playing in. But then for Harrington, Lowry, and Parrot, then you might see like five or six of their shots over the course of the tournament or over the course of any given day. Um, but with, and you know for Seamus Power, who's a very much a new arrival in the world's top fifty, you might have gone the entire tournament without seeing a shot if you just relied on the television coverage. The Masters app, on the other hand, shows you every single shot he played for the entire week. Uh, so not alone are you keeping up to date with his scores and where he's hitting it, you're actually seeing every single shot. Um, so he actually did really well. I mean, his Thursday scorecard, only two bir- two bogeys, no birdie on Thursday. And through the front nine on Friday, he still hadn't had a birdie. And I was like, whatever about making the cut or not making the cut. I mean, I really wanted to have hit a couple of birdies here anyway. You know, give, like something, mm. give, give us something to shout about. Uh he was plus five at the turn on Friday. Actually ended up uh, birdieing three holes. He had two bogeys, but birdied three holes on the on the back nine on Friday. Uh, snuck in on the cut line. Uh, and that's unbelievable. To make the cut in your fr- your first major, which happens to be the Masters, which is, you know, the hardest tournament to, to play inexperienced, everyone says. Uh, it's just such a brilliant achievement. Plus two again on Sunday. No disa- Like, no disaster hole, no double bogey, no triple bogey. Really solid golf. Obviously, not a lot of putts going in. Uh, then finishes with a 70 yesterday. Five more birdies inside the top 30. It's an absolutely brilliant result for uh, for Seamus Power. So it's kind of, you know, in the in the rush to applaud Lowry and McRoy on what was an unbelievable weekend of for mm. Irish golf. Like, Power doing that in and of itself is an absolutely brilliant achievement. What about Tiger then? He managed to hobble around the course for four days. Uh Four days of torture punctuated by the odd golf shot. I started with a 71, then 74, 78, 78. I I, I was watching him post-round on Saturday. He was talking, he was doing his interview, and I thought, Jesus, this does not look like fun at all. He's in a bad way here. He's being asked to talk about how great is Scotty Scheffler, and he's muttering platitudes about Scotty Scheffler. Then, thank you, you know, it says thank you to the interviewer, Mm. and then shuffles off. I mean, bent over. He was in in agony for the entire thing, particularly as it went on. But then, uh, you know, he gets to the final hole yesterday, hits a couple of great shots, ends up with a par. I think it was a par. Yeah, he had a birdie putt, which would have been obviously the Mm. the great way to end it, but but finishes quite well and gets this amazing reaction. John Ram knew his role in things. John Ram, recently the number one golfer in the world, steps back uh, respectful distance as Tiger walks around Mm. with a beaming smile, getting a great reception from everybody. And then he's in great form, I thought, in his post-round interview on Sky yesterday, just after the final round. This golf course and this tournament has meant so much to to me and my family. Um, uh, You know, from... The, the year I was born, it was the first year that a, a black man played the Masters in Lee Elder. Um, he, got a, he got a chance to be an honorary starter last year um, before he passed. And um, he was there when I ended up winning in 97. Um, my dad was there. And to go from that when my my mom was there um, throughout this entire time. She's out there today. You know, I mean, they, she's she's stubborn. I mean, she shouldn't have been out there. She shouldn't have been walking. She has no business being out there up and down those hills. Um, you wonder where I get it from, right? <laughs> yeah, he honestly, he, I know people say he seems like a different, he actually talks, his voice almost sounds different to how it sounded mm. when he used to give the most boring interviews of all time. There's just a proper warmth there. He's alluding to race, talking about Lee Elder, talking about family, all that kind of stuff. Um, I just, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, he literally sounds different, I think. So it was 
nice to see that he seemed to enjoy himself. And he says he's going to play the British Open, Murph. Says St. Andrews is his favourite course in the world. Unfortunately, he said that during the course of a Masters interview, so he will now be banned from Augusta for life. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, no, it is, it is great news that he's playing the Open, to be fair. Uh, it's the 150th Open being played in St. Andrews. I mean... Talk about Sheffler not getting the memo on narrative. Tiger knows what he's doing, at least, you know. And what we wanted to see over the course of the last uh, couple of days was the hobbling, the gritting the teeth, you know, the playing through the pain barrier. I mean, I thought what he did on Thursday night was one of the all-time ridiculous sporting achievements to go one under. Uh, like, And he can't walk. It's abs- like absolutely absurd. One under, and afterwards talking about I'm, I'm right where I want to be and you do start thinking is there a chance that was unfortunately premature um, but yeah it's you know he see he gets it he gets it on Rory you know gets it in parts Scotty Sheffer maybe will learn you know that if he'd thrown a couple of bogeys in yesterday <laughs> maybe the people would love him but relentless excellence is not what we need right now on uh, or certainly not what we needed last night uh, yeah. But no, Tiger on Thursday alone met it a kind of a, a Masters that you'd remember, to be honest. I was interested that he did immediately commit to further, you know, was specific in saying he's going to be at St. Andrews. Because mm. like I was saying, those last couple of rounds looked so miserable, like really. And it was, wasn't it, they were all talking about how cold it was on the Saturday, which yeah. can't be good for somebody whose body is as wrecked as Tiger Woods is. And Pretty- you're, you are looking at going, what is the point of all this? I mean, I was we were all getting excited before the tournament and yeah, he did great on Thursday. It's amazing. It's great to see him there for the weekend to watch him shoot two 78s. I'm mm. not, not sure how great that is. I kind of, I nearly started wanting to look away from, from some of the shots towards the end. But then... Uh, yeah, something about the way he carried himself afterwards. I thought, oh, well, you know, if, if, if he enjoyed it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's flat run St. Andrews, apparently. So yeah. that's something to bear in mind. He might be he might be better fit for it in uh, July. Yeah, there's your recap, Ken. Happy enough for that? You feel like you're up to speed now for any of your any of the golf conversations you have in your various WhatsApp groups? Who won again? Scotty Scheffler. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, he's right up to speed on no, it. No, Rory McIlroy won the narrative US Masters. He gets it. He just gets the, this tournament. This one, in this one just, sport of golf. It just reminds me of like, uh, it reminds me of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's, you know, 10 match winning streak when he took over the Man United. I mean, it's... Ultimately damaged uh, everything. Well, I, no. Well, what I mean is I just, I don't get what's sort of... It seems like when you know when when the pressure's off and you've already lost, then you suddenly start knocking them in for fun. These are the uncharitable people. Oh. Yeah, I didn't realize we had one on. on the, I could have just gone straight to said uncharitable I've person. Here, I've been hiding in plain sight the whole time. <laughs> might, have been, might have been more than one on this call. <laughs> I thought they were naive, selfish, egotistical. But, uh, hey, has anybody seen the new Second Captain's football jersey yet? It's out now. You can check it out at secondcaptains.com or on any of our social media. It's made with O'Neills. It has a beautiful Peru-style sash and second captain's shamrock logo on front and back. It comes in short sleeve or long sleeve, round neck collar, black and white and dark green colours. It's very beautiful. It is beautiful. It is very yeah. beautiful. They're limited edition. You can get it through the shop page on our website. It goes straight to O'Neills.com. So grab one if you like. But a word of caution. I did mention this last week. I did say very clearly you should go a size above your normal size that because they're <clears throat> rather tight fitting and I'm pretty sure at least I meant to say go at least a size up have a big think about it go mm. at least a size up because Kenny Gavin got onto me chastising me saying there's no more room for a Joe McNally style corner forward it seems well After, there's but see this is the reality I mean I, I said this last week this is a reality that that all junior footballers now have to face up to these you well, know you've got to bring your own jersey to games these days because the player fit is in, even at the lower the, the lower echelons. 
mm-hmm. uh, on, and it's not. It's you know, many men have prematurely retired rather than face up to the humiliating prospect of having to bring your own jersey. Well, Andrew McGann gets that. He loves how O'Neill's have made a jersey that complements noodle arms like mine. We can mm. we can call them player fit sizing. So <laughs> there you go. Anyway, get on noodle to noodle arms is a great phrase. Yeah. yeah. If you want to pick up one of those, City Liverpool football podcast is out now. Our World Service is going to our World Service coverage during the week. It's going to involve plenty of Champions League coverage, also involving City and Liverpool. We're going to talk about the Heineken Cup knockouts with the second legs coming up next weekend, and loads more besides that. Secondcaptains.com. It only costs five euro a month. We're so talking rugby tomorrow, aren't we? I don't have a thing. There's a lot of good rugby on this weekend. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's what oh, I'm saying. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, well, you let's could let's get, let's get on the World Service. Let's do it right now. You got to sign up, baby. Well, no, we'll do we'll it for tomorrow. tomorrow. No, we yeah, should wait till I mean, tomorrow. No, two podcasts. Right. Two podcasts on a Monday I think is enough to keep us all occupied sorry I just went off half cocked there you do get excited you do get very excitable thanks Kieran thanks Ken thank you Owen thank you Ken thank you Owen thank you Ken thanks so much for listening It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sport's important.